Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Therapy Chat Podcast, Episode 376. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. This week's episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now, for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Use coupon code CHAT or click the link in the show notes to get two free months at therapynotes.com. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan. Today, I'm very pleased to be bringing you a special conversation that I had with my guest, Rotem Breyer. Rotem is someone who is really working hard to take EMDR deeper than many people, than the way it's practiced by many people right now. So, Many people are getting trained in EMDR and learning the protocols and just, you know, doing the protocols and not in a very relational way. And I know there are many people who practice EMDR in a way that is very relational. But if the way you practice is really protocol based or the clients you're working with have had that experience, you know that that can be really difficult for people with attachment wounds and trauma histories, which is pretty much most people who come into therapy. So Rotem wrote a book that is very simple. And why I say it's simple is because you can, it's concrete. It gives very clear information and changes that you can make in the way you practice, even if you're not an EMDR therapist, but just, you know, how to be more relational. The book is called The Art and Science of EMDR. And Rotem was kind enough to come on Therapy Chat to talk with us about it. And in fact, he's going to come back in the future. We already have it scheduled in a few weeks to talk about something else very interesting he's doing. But today we're just focusing on that book. So a little bit about Rotem. Rotem Breyer, LPC, is a licensed professional counselor, certified EMDR therapist, EMDR consultant, and advanced EMDR trainer. 
He's the founder of the EMDR Learning Community, a community that brings EMDR therapists together and provides education on EMDR therapy and the integration of this modality with other treatment approaches. As the co-founder of EMDR Denver, a practice that helps clients heal with an EMDR-first approach, Rotem divides his time between consulting on cases, coaching EMDR therapists, and helping clients heal from the effects of trauma and attachment wounds. And we had a beautiful conversation. It was funny because Jamie Marich, who you've heard me talk about a lot on Therapy Chat recently, it introduced me to Rotem through, after our interview, Jamie said, I really recommend that you talk to this person. He's doing great stuff. And I was planning on getting in touch with him. Next thing I know, I didn't. And a few weeks later, Jackie Flynn, who was a guest years ago and is really big in her play therapy community, she does a lot of play therapy work and supports play therapists. She contacted me and said, you really need to talk with Rotem Brayer on your podcast. So when multiple good people are telling me you really need to talk with this person, I listen. And he, it was true. So I hope you will enjoy listening to our conversation. I'll share a personal note. Unfortunately, you've heard me talk about the fact that um, my parents and my husband's parents are elderly. And unfortunately, my husband lost one of his parents over the weekend unexpectedly. So we will be tending to the morning process and connecting as a family. And I may be a little bit less available for a couple of weeks, but I just wanted to share that with all of you because you're kind of on this journey with me and I'm sure grief will be showing up in other new ways in our conversations as we go forward with this new loss in my family. So thank you for listening. Thank you to Rotem for being my guest. And I also want to say thank you to everyone who joined Trauma Therapist Network. By the time you hear this, Registration will be back to the waiting list and not open for new registration for a while. But whether you joined the waiting list and didn't join, or if you joined the waiting list and did join, or if you didn't join the waiting list and then you joined when registration was open, or if you shared about it, thank you. We are so honored to be able to offer this kind of support. Therapists tell me how much they need it and how helpful and beneficial it is to them, to their their health and well-being and their personal and professional lives. So we're going to keep doing it as long as I have the capacity. So thank you to everyone who joined and thank you to all of you for just being you. And one other note, the BetterHelp comment period for the Federal Trade Commission is open. I noticed that they posted on the Federal Register on March 14th, or there was an analysis posted there on that day. So there's a 30-day window from when it's posted. I don't know the exact day it was posted, but you can look for yourself. Just Google BetterHelp Federal Register comment, and you'll see the, the link will come up. I'll try to put a link in the show notes too, but we're about to go be with family after this loss. So I'll do my best, but I might not be able to get it in there this week. So thanks again and be well. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan. And today I'm so excited to be speaking with Rotem Breyer, the author of The Art and Science of EMDR. 
Rotem, thank you so much for being my guest today on Therapy Chat. Thanks for having me, Laura. Excited to be with you. Yeah, I'm excited too. I was really immediately drawn to your book. And I must tell everyone that the person who helped us get connected with each other is Dr. Jamie Marich, who called herself a friend of yours. And obviously, Jamie respects you greatly. So I was instantly interested in speaking with you. And and then the title of your book really drew me into the art and science of EMDR. So before we get to talking about your book, can we start off with you just telling our audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Sure. So I am an EMDR therapist and a consultant. I am the co-founder of EMDR Denver, which is a practice in Denver that focuses on our approaches EMDR first. So it's not that we're only EMDRing our clients, you know, where we are both therapists, but we, we are our approach from, you know, from the moment we conceptualize clients' issues, it's with the framework of EMDR. And we, we just found that EMDR is a very, very effective method to treat our clients. Um, always excited about learning and talking with other EMDR clinicians. I started the EMDR learning community, which is a community for trained EMDR therapists. If people are in training, we're, we're letting them in, but and it's really exciting to be in a community. I know, Laura, you have your own community and it's, it's really excited to be with fellow, you know, clinicians who are excited about the work, excited about learning and always growing as clinicians. I agree. It's, you know, trauma work is specialized work and it really takes kind of a specialized perspective. You need to really love the work and believe in it and believe right. that healing is possible and and know that, you know, people who have been through the worst things can come out on the other side with not only healing, but growth as a result of, of that, I guess you could say, corrective experience of, of therapy. Absolutely. So, Rotem, I, I wanted to just sort of pick up on something that you said just just then when you said we're not just EMDRing people, but we are therapists. Can you explain a little bit about what you're saying with that? Yes, absolutely. So that takes me directly to chapter three of my book, which is about EMDR and the therapeutic relationship. Something that we're not talking enough about in the EMDR world, we're focusing on protocols and scripts and techniques, but the therapeutic relationships, we know from decades and decades of research that it's the number one predictor, predictor of positive therapeutic outcomes. We know that. That's, you know, regardless of what, you know, EMDR, CBT, DBT, whatever, somatic, you have to have established relationship and this is really important. And I think that, you know, we need to talk about it more. So this is a big part of what I'm talking about in council, big part of what I emphasize in my own, you know, treatment with clients. And I also want other EMDR therapists to be aware of that, 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 it's not just the protocol, the relationship comes first. Yes, 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 yes. And I think in our field, what I'm observing, I certainly, when I went to grad school and I graduated in 2010 with my MSW, so 12, 13 years ago, my school was so heavily focused on evidence-based practice. We were really kind of indoctrinated that evidence-based practice is the way to go, which I agree that we want to be sure that what we're doing is therapeutically beneficial and that it's been shown to be. 
But I also think that really what is evidence is not always as clear cut as just what has been replicated in a a randomized controlled trial. And partly that's because it's impossible to measure or it's been difficult to measure the quality of the therapeutic relationship. Absolutely. It's, and it, it, I'm glad you're bringing it up because that's one of the things that I talk about in the book. How do you, how do you measure therapeutic relationships? There are some methods. I don't necessarily believe in them. There are some methods for measuring therapeutic relationship. It's very structured. You, you know, plan, you have clients fill questionnaires in beginning and end of every session. Is something that, you know, you mentioned randomized control controlled trials. And one of the things I'm I'm looking into, and this is not EMDR, but psychedelic assisted psychotherapy. I'm really interested in that too. We are getting it. I mean, this is not going away. Mm -hmm. This is here to stay. You know, you talked about healing has a lot of healing potential. You cannot do, you know, double blind randomized controlled trial and with, with psychedelics. So what do you do? We have a gold standard, but you don't have a way to fit that in. So the point is that we don't always have to fit what we do into that that, that structure was created for us, but we can see what actually works and we know what works. And again, that brings me back to the relationship. Exactly. Right. And so I think this conversation will be really helpful for people who are EMDR therapists to kind of expand the way they're thinking about what should be happening in in the protocols, right? So, exactly. you know, you, you do have a protocol to follow, but how do you do it? And I didn't have a chance to read your whole book, but I just in as I was going through it, as my cat joins us. (laughs) And for those who are watching this on video, we'll get a close up of him. Sorry about that. Okay. So I think I really liked one thing I saw in your book right offhand was that you're talking a lot about how to do resourcing and you're very specifically telling people what they can do to help clients when, you know, I think that's really, really valuable. Right, right, right. So I'm talking about, you know, in in basic EMDR training, people learn, for example, the container exercise, Mm -hmm. which is, uh, you know, to to simplify, put your emotions in a box. And for some people, it just doesn't work. So what I'm suggesting is to upgrade, to do do it differently. The the container doesn't have to be a box. It can be whatever fits your client. The, The idea is that you want to help the client regulate their nervous system. You want to help them be resourced because when we get to reprocessing, it's going to be intense. So we need to teach them ways to, you know, to regulate their, their nervous system. And if we don't do that, your cat is cracking me up. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. So we, we have to do it and it doesn't matter if the container is a box or if it's a, you know, a black hole. One of the examples I brought from one, one of my clients, it, it doesn't matter what it is, as long as it functions, it, it does what it's supposed to do. Right. So I think, you know, one thing you're talking about is just being more creative with it and sort of trusting yourself as a therapist to come up with the way that's going to, or maybe working together with the client to come up with the way that's going to resonate the most for them. Right. You know, so the art and the science, right? So we're, we're focusing on the science, but there's an art part and the art is the right brain, right? And therapy, healing happens right brain to right brain. So 
if the therapist, what happens to a lot of therapists when they get trained in EMDR is that they feel like it's too rigid. They can't be themselves. And this is the, a myth that I'm trying to kind of break there that you should, it's not only that you can be yourself as who you are as a client or as a, as an individual and as a therapist, you should be yourself because this is necessary for the healing to happen. Can you say more about that? Why is it necessary for the therapist to be themselves for because healing if, to happen? If you're not yourself, if you are reading a script and, and you're doing this and and you're reading every word from the script and you're not paying attention to your client and you're not being authentic, your client will feel. I think that days of like, you know, lying on a couch and there's a therapist behind you who's not saying anything, these things are gone. Even for people who do more psychodynamic psychotherapy, we bring ourselves into the therapy and our clients expect that. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that when we try to be so detached and that's where, that's what I took away from the way I was trained in school that I'm basically what I took away was hide, hide any parts of you that don't right. seem professional. Right. And being professional means they, the client cannot really feel you. you. Right. Yeah. And that's right. the opposite of what my clients find resonant in our work is that they do feel felt. And that's what they're, that's what helps them. Right, right. And I think that if you're doing that, first of all, clients will feel if you, they ask, you know, if, if my clients ask me a personal question, I, most cases, unless it's, you know, extremely personal, I'll tell them I have, I have nothing to hide. Like, mm -hmm. why not? Why, why? Why go with that? Why would you like to know, you know, like that, that classic therapy response that we learned at school? Why would you like to know? Like, let's, let's go back to you. No, I'm a person. I'm sitting here with you. And if you want to know something about it, I have nothing to hide. Right. Because what they're really looking for there is they want to know that you can understand their struggle. They do right. want to know about you, but they really want to know, do, are you safe right, for right. me? <laughs> right, exactly. So I think it would be really valuable if you would share, we had talked about this a little bit before we started recording. Will you share a little bit about how you came to EMDR and what your learning process was like? Yeah, so I had been a therapist for about 10 years before I got trained in EMDR. And I remember the first day of the basic training. And I remember thinking, this is why I became a therapist. All the stuff that I've done all these years, that was like a, a preparation. That was kind of like a foreplay for what is going to happen, to start happening now. And I really have been dedicating myself to studying this method. And it's not just EMDR, just, you know, to, to give the, you know, your listeners the, the full picture. It's a lot of integrations. It, it's integration with parts work, modalities, whatever you want to call it, you know, IFS or ego state therapy, somatic, a lot of somatic work, you know, our, our, our deeper emotions, especially trauma is stored in a nonverbal way. So a lot of somatic work. So I I really spent a lot of time studying it. And as I studied it, I figured I'll write a book to share what I learned and give, you know, give Ian the Therapist a slightly different perspective because I feel like a lot of people, I've been talking with a lot of people, a lot of EMDR trainers and authors and consultants and 
therapists. And a lot of people are saying that. A lot of people agree with what I'm saying, but I didn't see it in the literature. I didn't see it in things that, that it's being talked about. I figured I'll write a book and share this knowledge with other EMDR therapists. Yeah, well, I'm so glad you did. And so when we were talking, you mentioned that you actually did more than one EMDR basic training. Yeah, Can you talk I did, about that a little bit. Yeah, I did. And and again, that's that was part of my research for the book to see how it's being taught. I did my basic training with one institute. When I was consulting training, I was with another institute. And then when I became a consultant, I actually went to Florida to train with one of my favorite people, Dr. Andrew Dobo, who has a Jungian background. And I think the impression that people get when they get trained in basic EMDR training is that this is the only way that EMDR is being taught. And this is the only way to do the right way to do EMDR. And what I found in these trainings is that from the moment you start even conceptualizing the client's issues, there's some differences. There's, there's variations in how people think about client's issues, whether if it's like going back to the earliest or more present symptoms. So there are, there are different approaches inside EMDR, which makes sense. But I think that for people who just got trained, there is only one way to do it. And oftentimes it feels rigid. Yeah. So do you think that there are multiple different ways that the same protocols can be conceptualized and delivered? Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's it's all about who's declined and who's in front of you. What do they need? What are their coping skills? What do they see their their issue as? We always have to think about that. It's not about what your EMDR trainer told you, what this very smart EMDR author wrote in their book. It's about the person in front of you and what they need. And that that's my that's my guiding principle always. What is the client in front of me? Who who is the client in front of me and what do they need? And and to give them what they need. You know, because with some clients, you can move to reprocessing after three or four sessions. And with other clients, it might take three or four months. And that's okay. Yes, yes. I've definitely seen examples of people who went for EMDR therapy and on the second session started EMDR where the experience didn't necessarily go the way they were hoping. Yeah. So I, I have done that a few times and in most cases I don't because the people who show to my office usually have complex attachment issues on top of trauma and that requires some preparation work. One you know, when on top of my head, I can think about a client who had, I'm going to change some details here, but you know, the client was, had a very stable childhood, no attachment ruptures, you know, nobody's childhood is perfect, but there were, there were no major things. Everything was, you know, there was support in the house. And then the client had a, a car accident that really brought full-blown post-traumatic stress disorder symptoms. So we very quickly moved into a processing and we're done in three sessions. But this is not most of the work that we do. So attachment problem is to... finding people who really did have a stable, supportive childhood that we often think we did until we until get, we get to therapy. Yeah. yeah, it was that way. I thought that I thought, what? Yeah, my family's great. All fine. Wonderful. 
and they are wonderful. And there was a lot of stuff. Right, right. So we need to take these things into consideration because if we don't, it's it can we can in some situations, like you said, you know, you know, people went to to the EMDR and started a second session. That that's not good. That there are some bad things that can happen as a result. And you know, I've, I've had multiple clients who came to me who were, you know, had just had bad experiences with their EMDR work. Sometimes people need to do EMDR to, you know, heal their recover from re recover from EMDR. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen. Running a group private practice has been a challenging and rewarding experience. And one thing that has made it so much easier is Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. If you're coming from another EHR, like I did, Therapy Notes makes the transition incredibly easy, importing your demographic data free of charge so you can get going right away. My team has found Therapy Notes very easy to learn. It's intuitive. The customer support is second to none. And that's one of the things that has kept me a Therapy Notes customer for several years now. Anytime I've needed to contact Therapy Notes for help with an issue I couldn't figure out on my own, I've been able to get through to someone and resolve the issue within 15 minutes, 99% of the time. Find out what more than 100,000 mental health professionals already know. Try Therapy Notes for two months absolutely free. Just click on the link in the show notes or enter the promo code chat at therapynotes.com. Yeah, I would say, too, that's kind of like psychedelics, like you can go into it with a certain intention, just really not realizing what you don't know is there. And the therapist Absolutely. doesn't know either what's there. If you don't know, right. they may not know or but I think there are ways that therapists can learn to do a better assessment to really get a true picture. Absolutely. And in psychedelics, you know, we talk a lot about set and setting and, you know, that it's extremely important and changes the whole, the the work. Yeah, maybe it's a conversation for, for another mm -hmm. day. Yes, that's, we could go a lot into that. But I would say, I think the main thing I wanted to get across there with that point is just that even if one has had a bad experience with EMDR, it doesn't mean that EMDR is not right for you. It might mean that you need a different approach. Right, exactly. And and that's where these beautiful integrations come into play. Whatever if it's, you know, sometimes you need to do some, some parts work to help the client relate to their wounded younger parts. Sometimes you need to do more somatic work. Sometimes you have to, you know, just have clients do their work. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of do your own work at home, like doing preparation work in session is really great, but it's just the beginning. And I'm talking about it in the book because there is a neurobiological reason for that. If you're not being consistent with your whatever you want to call it, calming techniques, coping skills, preparation phase, it's all the same thing. If you're not consistent with that, you're not creating or strengthening these neural networks that replace your old coping behaviors. So I, I provide a lot of education for my clients to help them, to help motivate them to do some of this work 
outside of session. I know what you're saying there. I think that it can be easy to make only make, say, 45 to 50 minutes of time for yourself per week to sit with your therapist. And that's where you do all this emotional work, but you aren't doing it outside of that because you don't feel time. You have time or you, you just aren't used to having that much space for yourself. Right, right. Yeah. And I don't have time. I don't, I don't accept if, if, if you want to do the work, you, you need to dedicate and you have to prioritize and, you know, time. We all have 24 hours in a day, but if you really want to work, do the work and, and improve your mental well-being, you have to sell that work outside of the session. Yeah. I think it could be a long process of preparation to begin to really believe that you are worthy of this much attention. So from your perspective, EMDR can help with trauma and attachment wounds then, huh? Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you're asking this question because a lot of people think that EMDR is only good for simple trauma, whatever that means. And the, the first studies, the first research that was published in the 80s was about just trauma. There was not not enough research about attachment and, and complex trauma. And now we have a lot of attention and a lot of knowledge about how to use EMDR to help clients who have these attachment wounds, not to only fix bad things that happened, but to address the good things that didn't happen. And, and these are... Again, I, I heard really prominent people in the therapy world not e who were trained in EMDR, but a long time ago, saying that EMDR is not relational. And I, I so strongly disagree with that because EMDR is very relational. And if we're missing that part, again, you know, again, talking about the relationship, we're, if we're missing that part, we're missing a lot. We're, we're not going to be as effective in our EMDR work. Yeah, I, I, it's true. I mean, there's some kind of different, almost like maybe different generations of people trained in EMDR and who, who they learned through, how, how relational it is or how much emphasis is placed on. Because I'm seeing some people advertising, I do EMDR for, they'll say like anxiety, depression, and OCD. Yeah. And, you know, which can be expressions of trauma. And so then, you know, are you using it with the lens that you're addressing trauma or are you using it as just a symptom reduction if you think that that's all it can be or just, I don't know. I, I think that our understanding of what trauma is has broadened over the past few years, right? So again, going back to what I said a minute ago about it's not just bad things that happen, it's good things that didn't happen. That can be traumatic or it's not only you know, hurricanes or earthquakes or serious assaults. It can be also if you had a third grade teacher who really, really didn't like you and nobody paid attention, like your parents didn't even notice that and you went to school every day and you were miserable, that's trauma. That's stuck in your nervous system. That's affecting your thoughts, your emotions and your behaviors, even if you're you know, 30-something, 40-something, or 50-something. So unless you can do a good EMDR, and then you can take care of that. Yeah, and people can get EMDR in childhood, too. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So my friend Jackie Flynn, who I know, Oh, you know, yeah, too. I know Jackie. Yeah, 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 yeah. She is the master of EMDR with children. She teaches a lot of 
integrate different kinds of integrations, right? So she's integrating a lot of EMDR and play therapy, for example, which is not my thing. I'm, I'm not working with kids, so I don't know how to do these things, but <laughs> I have a lot of respect for, you know, Jackie and many others, Annie Monaco and, and Beckley Forrest who are teaching, you know, how to work effectively with kids and they're, they're doing amazing work. Yes. Well, thanks for those names. I'll look into the last two you just mentioned who I'm not familiar with. And I think this is very hopeful and helpful and I'm grateful. I, I, speaking of hopefulness, there was a point that you made about the positive experiences that didn't happen. I just wanted to see if maybe you could share something about the positive experiences that do happen and how in EMDR you can like expand those. Can you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I hope I understand your question correctly. So the positive experience that did happen or that do happen, like in the therapeutic interventions, like where in EMDR, you could have a really good feeling of safety and like let right. that expand. Right. Yeah. You mentioned feeling of safety, something about the polyvagal theory and how, you know, safety and connection, right? That's clients need to feel that. And once they feel that, we see a lot of these positive experiences. So, you know, in EMDR, we have what's called the SUD scale, subjective unit of disturbance. So we're asking the client on a scale of zero to 10, when zero is no disturbance and 10 is the worst disturbance you can ever feel, how how disturbing does the memory that we're working on feeling now? And a lot of times we'll be at seven, eight, nine, sometimes 10, and we're processing in a session, a lot of times 50-minute sessions, some, some of us do some extended sessions, but a lot of times 40 minutes later, that same memory, we will ask the same question and the client will say, oh, it's a zero or one or two, which is such a different experience that Think about like a memory that triggers like nine on a zero to 10 scale. And then, you know, just 30, 40 minutes later, it's zero, one or two. It's an amazing, it, it really feels like a superpower. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's, you know, this ability to help people in such a significant way is, is amazing. Best job in the world. Yes, to see the relief and the, wow, this is like a new experience to feel not afraid or something, you know, that's, what's really like, I think sometimes people are afraid to do EMDR because they're afraid of what they'll find. But I know that right. there can also be those kinds of experiences that are also part of it. It's not one thing. Right. Well, Rotom, do you have anything else that you want to share about your book or your work that we didn't get into yet? I'm just, I find this like so exciting and hopeful and positive. Yeah. Yeah, it is exciting. Thanks for asking that, Laura. I, I think that what I'm most excited about in this book is the last chapter. The last chapter is deliberate practice, which is a method of getting better. Method, what this is, deliberate practice is what experts in different fields do to become experts. You know, so athletes and musicians and you know, pilots, they all do very different things, but they have a very systematic method to learning and the learning involves practice. And, and this is what, this is what the, the new thing that I bring to the world of EMDR. I have, again, reviewed the, the research and the literature and every EMDR book out there and nobody talks about it. And 
this is a method that people use, can use to get better at what they do. So if it's, you know, trained therapists can use it in consultations, but consultants can use it in their own consultations. Trainers can use it because if I'm sitting at a training and I only watch PowerPoint presentation, I'm not going to get better as an EMDR therapist. Maybe I'll get a little better, maybe tiny little bit better. But if I, if I practice what I learned, so let's say I watch a PowerPoint or I watch a video even better, and then I try it myself and then a trainer comes or my consultant is coming. And this is how I do my own consultations and give it, giving me feedback. And then based on that feedback, I'm trying again and I get more feedback on the littlest things, on the very, very little thing I get, I keep getting feedback. That's how I'm going to get better. And, and I hope that EMDR therapists will, I, well, I, in fact, I know because again, I, we have this community of EMDR therapists and people do want to get better. And this is a really good method to getting better at what we do. So I hope people will implement it into their consultations and trainings and, and learning. Well, that makes me have another question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Is do you include in that deliberate practice idea experientially receiving EMDR as a clinician too? I mean, I know that's usually built into the training to some extent. Yeah, I I highly, highly recommend just so this is what I'm telling all my consultees the first time that get EMDR as a client. This is the best way to learn EMDR. You can do all the courses and trainings and everything in the world. But if you're not being the client, you're not feeling it, you're not experiencing it as a client, it's all going to be theoretical. So yes, definitely get it as a client with a training is kind of like a, an accelerated EMDR when you're doing a training, you know, and depending on the trainer, some, sometimes you're not really getting to deeper things. And I think that in order to be a better EMDR therapist, definitely get your own EMDR as a client. Yeah. I think it, it's just impossible to really do therapy in an embodied way if you haven't experienced what it's like to do that kind of healing work yourself because, yeah. you know, your blind spots, you will shy away from them just unconsciously. But if you've worked, you know what they are, then when they come up, you know what's happening, you know, and, and you have more of a sense of, oh, I have something else that I need to give some attention to after this session is done, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Well, I've really enjoyed this conversation and I'm so happy that you have written this book. So where can people find you, your book? So if people Google the art and science of EMDR, they will find either, the, you know, the book is on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or wherever. I don't know. Target even. Who buys books at Target? <laughs> anyway. But I, I started this website. I called it the Art and Science of EMDR. And I have a lot of interviews that I did with, you know, the the people that I found really interesting in the EMDR world. So Jamie Marich is there, Dr. Jamie Marich, Dr. Riel Schwartz, Dr. Debbie Korn. Um, I've interviewed both of them. I'm big fans of both of them. Well, all yeah. three that you just mentioned. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and a, a lot of other people who really are, you know, have a, many years of experience. Dr. Andrew Dobo and Beckley Forsen and Monaco that I mentioned, Jackie Flynn. So this is kind of like a, a free resource, EMDR therapists. And then there's the EMDR learning community, which is... A closed community. It's free, but it's closed. It's not. It's not on Facebook. It's on independent website, and every EMDR therapist, even if they're still in training, can join. And we're kind of learning together. We have a monthly theme, and we're we have weekly challenges. We have giveaways, so we're making it fun, and we're also learning together. So we're learning from each other, and and. I believe that we can all learn from each other. So it doesn't matter that I'm a consultant and someone just finished their basic MDR training yesterday. They might have an idea that I never thought about. And it, it happens all the time. Like every day I'm in this community, I'm learning from other members. And it's really fun to learn together. That's beautiful. What an amazing resource. I didn't know it was a free community. That's so great. Yeah, yeah. It's at some point I thought I consider changing the name of the community to EMDR nerds, but I'm staying with the EMDR learning community. Some people don't want to identify as a nerd. They're not ready. I know, but we <laughs> embrace that part of themselves. We're nerds. We're EMDR nerds and we're proud of it. So that's right. Yeah. Well, I'm a big trauma nerd myself, so I, I'm not an EMDR nerd yet, but big trauma nerd. So I can embrace that too. I, so love, is what, that... I, I love what I love that you said not yet. So that's good, Laura. <laughs> So is your website the art and science of emdr.com? No, it's I give it kind of like a smart ass kind of name. So it's EMD and then the word art, the letter N and the word science. Okay. The art and science. It sounded like that when you said it, but I just thought you were saying it fast. So I'll get yeah. E-M-D-R-A-R-T-N science.com. Yeah. Yes, okay. correct. Great. I'll put that in the show notes too, for anyone who's listening and didn't quite catch that. I'll put it in the show notes and all of your other stuff too. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for having me. I love the, I love what you do and yeah, I'm grateful to spend my Monday early afternoon with you. Oh, thanks. I am too. I'm so grateful that we connected and I, I'm excited to share this with our audience. Thank you to Therapy Notes for sponsoring this week's episode. I do love Therapy Notes. It's such an asset to my business and makes my job as a practice owner and a therapist much easier. Try it today with no strings attached to see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. Use coupon code CHAT or click the link in the show notes to get two free months at therapynotes.com. Thank you for listening to Therapy Chat with your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information please visit therapychatpodcast.com. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com.
Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.